Welcome to Brand Meet Creator Podcast with me, Harley Jordan, and Sonia Elise. A place where we pull back the curtain and the trashy filters on the influencer marketing industry. So pull up a chair and grab a notebook. It's time to shed some light on the ever-changing Instaverse. Boy, oh boy, do I have an episode for you. I have a guest that I so admire here. Gabrielle Forleo is here. She is a money maven and business mentor who helps women become self-funded and self-guided, but without working harder or more. Now, you know that's right down my alley. She started as a top sales rep of all time for Deepak Chopra, casual, and is a speaker and meditation instructor. And the reason that I had her here, other than just my obsession with her and the work that she does, I have a couple of her programs that I listen to constantly, but she has really created this spaciousness in her business that I just love watching. If you head to her page, if you head to her story, you will see her just casually selling casually making money. It doesn't feel cringeworthy. It doesn't feel like a used car salesman. She's really created and paved the way for us us females that want to sell just a little bit more casually. So if you're feeling super cringe about investing your money on pressing send on any kind of sales pitch with your rates on it, whether that's to brands or your own services, And if you're just feeling stuck with whatever plateau you are hitting in your business, this episode is for you. So let's get right into it. Welcome back to another episode of Brand Meet Creator. I'm so excited to have someone that I so respect so much. I was actually writing a journal entry. I was prompted with, who do you admire right now? And I actually said you, Gabrielle Forleo. So before we jump into this, I need to know what you're liking on the internet right now. What are you liking on the internet? I'm liking you on the internet right now, which I know (laughs) lame and we've got kind of like a mutual fangirl thing going, but I am loving what you are giving women permission to do and creators, creators permission to do on the internet right now. I appreciate that so much. I don't know how to take a compliment. I was just telling her before this. I absolutely do not know how to take a compliment. So I'm trying to force myself into this. But it's so important. And I think that the best advice really comes from two two things. Whatever you need yourself, like what advice you need yourself or things that you've lived through. And Mm -hmm. the most genius intersection is when they come together at the same time. And that's what this like do less mentality is for me. Mm, I love it. Yes. And I, you know, agree. I have really mastered nothing. And really what I'm doing is just like giving myself advice, right? When I'm like Mm -hmm. teaching or coaching or doing my courses, like it truly is everything um, that I need to hear or that like I have lived through. So you're exactly right. Um, I too am a recovering perfectionist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I would love to hear about what you've really had to push through in terms of that perfectionism or mediocrity? Like what has been your biggest like struggle bus thing? Mm, Yeah. Um, I mean, I think I would have launched like zero courses. I'd have no digital programs whatsoever or like online 
programs. I wouldn't have a website. I wouldn't have clients. Um, if I wasn't constantly like falling back um, from my need to like do it perfectly all the time um, and really instead like embracing mediocrity, right? Which I know mm-hmm. sounds like really un-American and like goes against the grain <laughs> everything we're taught um, as um, in this Western culture, which is like to be excellent at all times. But it's like often I find that when I put out something that's like, eh, like could be better, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, according to me, like people love it. Um, And my business moves forward. Um, My content moves forward, but it wouldn't be moving forward if I was still busy overworking, um, trying to make it just right according to me. Mm, Love it. If you like it, like it. Let's, I, I need to know more about your story. You are a money mindset maven, money mindset mentor, coach, connoisseur, don't know. All the things. <laughs> All the things. I'm there. <laughs> I've I've done her 21-day money mindset challenge. I've listened to all of your recordings. I have friends that have taken your courses. I need to hear a little bit more about how you got into this space. Mm, such a great question. Um, I mean, ultimately how I got into this space is I worked for Deepak Chopra for 17 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm the number one salesperson all time um, for him, have upwards of almost $40 million in lifetime sales. And I was also an instructor of meditation, yoga, speaking on stage. Um, So I was selling and teaching spirituality. Um, which is an interesting intersection. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And I really came to realize, you know, in my like 10,000 conversations that I've had um, over the years that like the conversation around money is is a thing, right? Like, and it's a thing that gets to be kind of like brought brought to life. But ultimately Mm -hmm. I found that job I'm just like really through synchronicity and doing a lot of the things that I teach in my courses now, which is like being more intentional about what you're thinking, what you're desiring in ways Mm -hmm. that are like super simple um, Mm -hmm. today. I think it's so wild because probably two years ago, I actually had a friend give like a baby money mindset lesson in one of my courses. And I, I I was at the point where I was like, you know, I know this stuff. Like, I don't have a bad money mindset. Like, I'm a saver. My husband's a financial advisor. I don't have any problems with this. And mm. the more I learned and the more that I realized all of those triggers that I have with selling and how I see it on the internet and what should be done, the more I realized that I absolutely have a problem. So I'd love to mm. hear like maybe some of those signs that you see that people have an issue with their money mindset. Yeah. I mean, I think a great way of doing it is to fill in the blank of when it comes to money, I'm the kind of person who, Mm -hmm. and literally don't overthink it, but like your gut response there um, Mm -hmm. will really tell you a lot about 
how you feel about money. And again, I'm not like the, you know, Susie Orman of the world. Like I'm not telling you how to invest or how to even make more money. I'm kind of here to help you feel better about Mm -hmm. the money that you do have and ultimately more confident um, that your money future is really bright. So often Mm -hmm. just simply filling in that sentence. Um, Alternatively, I love to like personify money, right? Like if money Mm. was an actual person in your life, like how would you draw money? Like is money this like unattainable thing, aristocratic woman that's like super snobby and never available to you? Or like, is she your Mm. bestie in sweats who always calls you back no matter what? Um, No, no Mm. longer how, you know, no matter how long you haven't spoken to her, like who is money if you were to personify it and give it an actual like face and feeling. Yeah. So, okay. I want to answer these questions and I want to hear your responses because I think this will help people a ton. I would say if with money, I'm a saver a thousand percent, like money means safety. I hold on to it. I really struggle to spend it. And then funny enough, as a person, I think money's my husband and he's very, he's like logical very like unemotional. He's financial advisor, very type A, just dry humor to the book, like Mm -hmm. money guy. And I'm over here as my creative hurricane self. So when I think of money, I'm like, you know, clearly we're married, like clearly we even each other out, but I need to think of money as a different person. I think you get to, if you desire a different relationship with money. Cause when you were describing money, I, you were giving me very like uptight librarian vibes, you know, <laughs> like <my> husband, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like glasses, like very like, can't yeah. talk in here, you know, like, you know, old school librarian energy. And I'm just traditional, you know, like, mm-hmm, very like, you can't speak in here. You can't do this in here. Like that, Um, good old fashioned librarian energy. And Hey, if it's like, if that's working for you um, and you love being in that kind of a relationship with money, then Mm -hmm. do it. Um, And if not, maybe it's like, Oh, how could I like start thinking of money that in a different way that kind of like makes me feel different to be in this relationship. So how can we start thinking about money as my BFF that ran over in sweatpants because I said, let's go get ice cream. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm here for you, girl. I'm here for you. (laughs) Always available to you. Um, I think the biggest thing is to do a little dump on paper of writing Mm -hmm. of kind of the things that you were told about money from either your family of origin and or the people closest into your, to your life right now that you have conversations with money about, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, so a According to people in my life up until this point, you know, money is, money should Mm -hmm. be. Um, In the future, what will money look like? All of the Mm -hmm. kind of belief statements and or fear statements around Mm -hmm. money. Like get it on paper um, and look at it. And oftentimes what you find is like, okay, some of these things I like and some of these things I don't necessarily want to be my Mm -hmm. beliefs around money. And so you can ask yourself, okay, of everything I see here, I don't have to like fix this or change it or like make anyone or even myself different. But are there any of these that aren't things I want to carry into my future? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so circle those and then maybe write a somewhat improved version, something that still feels <laughs> real to you in your brain of like, what would be a slightly different thought than this that right. I can still kind of get behind, but is more in the direction of like how I want to feel about money or I want money to be for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Scoot up that ladder of believability and tweak it slightly. And I think a that's- bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Right. And I love that you say you have the permission and like this is okay if you think of money like librarian or it's okay if you think of it a different way. Like you have permission to do either. You do. You do. And you get to choose and nothing's wrong. You don't need to be fixed. You don't need to change your money mindset. Um, You don't need Mm -hmm. to like fix yourself out of scarcity mindset. Um, But you just on a daily basis get to look at like, okay, this is what I'm thinking and feeling about money now. Is this Mm -hmm. the relationship I want with money in the future? And if it's not, great news is you can change it. Yeah. So clearly I I listen to your recordings all the time. I I know your work. And I – this has been like one of the things that I'm like, I'm so into this right now. I'm Mm. so into the money mindset stuff. Because I think it's so interesting. I think there's so much work that I can do on a personal level with really getting out of the I need to stay safe with money. I can't I can't let it go. It's not a freely flowing resource that will come back mm-hmm. to me. Um, mm-hmm. So when I've talked to people about that, about like money mindset is something that I'm like obsessed with right now, like I'm interested in. They're like, wait, but why do you need to focus on money so much? Like, why do you, why do you need to talk about it? Like, why does this matter? Like, I don't want to spend time with my money. That seems obsessive. So Mm. what is your thought about that? Like, what will, why do we do this work? (laughs) Yeah, because of that comment, right? Because there is like an underlying kind of feeling that like money's bad. Talk about money, you know, Mm. talking about money is bad. Desiring money is bad. Mm-hmm. Um, I had someone comment on one of my posts the other day when I was talking about like, oh, like how much money, you know, I had made recently is kind of like a, a win post. And again, I do it to show other women what's possible mm-hmm. for them in their business and what's possible for them when they work less and just do more of what actually works in business. So I'm coming from that intentional place, mm-hmm. but Someone commented, like, you're so much more than the money that you make. Why are you talking about this? Mm. Um, And my response, because I actually knew this person, and I knew that they had written a book on food. Mm. Um, And that was what their whole entire account was about, is food Mm -hmm. and health. And so I replied, and I said, you know, that's interesting, because money is as equal a survival need to something like food or Mm -hmm. shelter, or water. Like you need money to live. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just like you need food and water and shelter. But Mm -hmm. yet you don't have a problem writing an entire book about food, but I can't write a book Mm -hmm. about money. Like what's the double standard? You don't feel bad about wanting health for yourself, do you? Mm -hmm. So why is there this double standard Um, around money. And I think it ultimately comes back to this false perception that money makes you evil in some way. Mm. 
um, or not nice. And there's a lot of like false cultural perceptions around what money makes you. And in my opinion, you know, having worked with um, a lot of really well-known, wealthy, famous people um, and also regular Joes um, is that actually money doesn't like make you anything. It actually just amplifies who you already are. Um, and so if you're an asshole and you make a billion dollars, <laughs> you're going to be a really big asshole. Really big asshole. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're a loving, generous, kind-hearted person, then a billion dollars is going to amplify that as well. Mm-hmm. So long answer, but that I feel like kind of encompasses it. Yeah. So what about the selling side? I, I want to get into this like selling thing because so often we get really scared. You're like, I'm ready, powering up. Love it. Um, so often we get really scared about being the used car salesman or even putting your product on display on social mm. media, talking about it over and over again. And we tend to either extreme of like, I need to talk about it every single day and feel icky about it and no one's watching my stuff. Or on the flip side, um, I don't talk about it at all and no one knows that I have anything that I'm selling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it right there. You kind of, you know, put it out there. Um, I think again, sales, sales is not a dirty word. Um, selling is not a dirty word. Um, you know, I do courses about this and I, I feel like this is particularly something for women. Um, I think there's an extra thing for like women selling and even like women selling on the internet. Um, one thing I've noticed is that the traditional way to sell, particularly on social media, like is very masculine. Mm. Um, and it is something that I think doesn't come natural, especially if you're a more like spirit centered person or like mindful person, like that hyper masculine approach of like saying the right thing, convincing people to buy mm-hmm. no matter what. Oh, um, it's convincing. It's convincing, persuading, like manipulating, mm-hmm. you know, that's icky, kind of like the tra- traditional way. And that, that is icky, right? Like we've all had that experience where we walk into a store and like, they don't care what you need. They're mm-hmm. selling you what's going to get them a bonus. Right. <laughs> and it doesn't feel good. Um, and the thing is, there is another way to like effectively sell, but in a softer way that actually feels good to you, but in a way that you are still selling because ultimately sales and marketing are the two things that bring money into your business. And if you are not doing sales and marketing effectively, it's not that you won't have a business and you won't make money, but it will be a lot damn harder. Um, And so my biggest piece of advice is to like, if you are a creator or in a business, do spend some time finding a way to sell that actually feels good and actually feels simple and actually feels easy. Um, and then do it often because, again, if you don't sell and you don't market, it's like you've closed the doors for the money that like desires to flood into your business. And you're essentially saying like, nope, no, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I know that you have a story selling product coming out. Am I correct? I don't think you watched my stories. Maybe even it's like today. I watched stories. It's like I'm sold on everything that you do. Um, so I would love, can you give us like a little sneak peek? Like what is your 
advice, give us a tip about things that we can switch in our story that would, Mm. you know, make a huge difference. Yeah. Selling simply on stories is what I'm selling simply on stories right now. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, it is about kind of everything in alignment that you talk about, which is like, stop trying so hard to like, make this content and instead spend a couple of minutes, make it easy and highlight the things that you're literally already doing in your life. Um, But here's kind of the angle on that, which is like you get to really determine what your ideal client or follower wants in their life that they don't currently have. And then I want you to start thinking about yourself and kind of be like, how can I highlight in the embodiment sense that I am already embodying Mm. what they desire. And so instead of constantly telling them, hey, I've got the solution for you. I've got all the perfect words. I'm saying all the right things. Just show up consistently in the embodiment of as the solution that you already are. Um, And then ultimately, you know, I think from there kind of coming up with like really core, simple messaging that you don't stray from and that you keep looping back to um, time and time again. So I don't sell with like 20 story slides. Like today I've had, Uh you know, 15 people enrolled. It's been a couple of hours into my program and there were four slides and they were so simple. So simple. Like it can be easier. And a big part of that is Stop sharing other people's stuff on stories. <laughs> like just, yeah. I mean, I see that all the time. Like people just, yeah. all they do is like reshare other people's content. Right. Um, that is not the best use of stories. Stories no. is for selling. Stories mm-hmm. are for connecting with your audience. Mm-hmm. Um, stories are for showing people who you are so that when you go to sell, they trust you enough to buy. Um, but God, I love Instagram stories. I love Instagram. I know it's really unpopular, but I do. Um, and I, I, do I love using stories to sell. I do too. I'm curious. Okay. I have like a couple of different tangents for you. First of all, being yeah. like, do you have a format for your story selling? Like, do have you put, do you have like a rule for it? Is there a certain number of slides? Do you have to ask a question? No, I mean, and I am going to be like putting a framework together and like putting it in this masterclass because I know people really love examples. But essentially, it's kind of when I'm working with my clients one on one, I always suggest it's like commit to doing five stories a day. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the, my, my, one of my first stories is always really like actually what I'm doing again, like being authentic, like not being fake with it is Mm -hmm. key (laughs) because if you're being fake with it, it's not going to like have the same effect. Um, so like every morning I kind of share like my morning inspiration, it's sort of like an affirmation. Um, but it's really like what I am working on in my life. Right. And so I have those saved, like do you have a folder of them? No, Did I, I should. Right? I, oh, maybe you don't. I should. I, well, they're in they're in Instagram, right? I they're in my phone. I do. I should create a folder. That's a great idea. But you have you reposted them? Yeah. Yes. How often do you repost them? How much do you? Oh, repost do I repost them? them? Very rarely. No, they're usually oh, new. Really? I, I I create them. Every, you know, pretty much every day. 
I was talking to another creator who is constantly repurposing that kind of post. And Mm. so now I'm like on this tangent of like, wait, but pull back the curtain. Like what's in your saved folder? What do you, what are you reusing over and over again to do? The only thing I'm reusing is some of like the actual landscape video, Mm, Um, not the text, right? Because like for me, it doesn't take long to create those affirmations. You know, like I'm a meditation teacher. I've written like like, I could do this in my sleep of meditation. So for me, it's, it takes like literally one minute. Um, cause it's like whatever affirmation work I'm doing myself in the morning, I'm taking that to my audience. But Mm. if you are like in health and wellness, you know, it's like, take whatever you're working on in that moment and like share it with your audience in a way that actually applies to them. Oh, I love that. Showing off your side of the journey. That's so wonderful. In a way that's like easy and natural, but I can't tell you how many times I've had people be like, I literally start my day with like coffee and your stories. Oh, um, I love that. And I love that too. It's like literally so sweet. And these are like women literally around the world, which like makes me so happy. Um, but I think the key that other people can take from that is like, cause I'm just taking something that's up for me and I'm applying it in a way that might also fit for them. Mm -hmm. Um, So kind of think about some piece of content that you could share on a regular basis that would keep people coming back to Mm -hmm. your stories and then simply start sharing what it is that you're doing in the context of your core messaging and what you know your ideal client buyer or follower desires in their life. Mm -hmm. And then just keep doing that. that consistently. Again, it's like money. If you think of yourself as being in a relationship with it, what makes relationships work? Well, consistency, (laughs) authenticity, you know, and like being real. So it's like, how can you just show up consistently in that platform so that you're, you know, people watching your stories like really trust you? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that real life stuff is so much more important than we give it credit for. I I think the journey and telling about where you're at in life, like you don't need to step up on the pedestal and be college lecturer all the time. You can be in the trenches and like act like a friend, coffee Mm -hmm. chat across the table. A hundred percent, you know, snip your coffee and it's like starting my morning with coffee. Like how about you? Right. I mean, you know what I mean? Do you like sports? I mean, it's like literally random things (laughs) that people love the most, right? They want to know your like random fun facts. Um, And then again, kind of like pulling through, I show a lot of like, you know, walks with my dogs at 3 p.m., like going to the nail salon anytime I want, um, because I ultimately know that the entrepreneurs following me, they desire that, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm the embodiment on stories of the things that they are wanting. Yes. Um, it's subtle, simple, soft sales, um, but it's incredibly effective. Wow. I I love that because it's really just, you know, it's it's walking the walk. And I think that's what a lot of us get caught up in is like we know the lesson, but mm-hmm. can I do it myself? Mm, don't know. Some days. <laughs> to the best of your ability. It's not about being perfect. Right. Depends on the day. <laughs> Depends on the day. You know, and, and you got to show like the – the real of your life too, as much as you feel comfortable with. Yeah. 
So another thing that I've heard from the Instagram gurus is you shouldn't be selling on your feed. And I hate this with all my heart. (laughs) She just cringed. (laughs) Why is that? Tell me more, gurus. (laughs) I don't know. I think that's such a missed opportunity. Don't sell in your reels because your reels are just for the brand awareness. And I think that's, for lack of a better term, trash. (laughs) Mm, Like it. Call it how you see it. (laughs) So... What's the difference between selling in your feed versus selling in stories? Do you change anything? You know, again, I think this really goes back to like the really like hyper masculine, like testosterone fueled, um, like Tony Robbins style sales, Mm -hmm. right? And again, there's nothing wrong with it. Hey, whatever works for you, like do you, whatever feels good and authentic, sell how you love to sell. But do I think that like posting a like reel that says like sign up for my digital course today is the most effective thing? No. No. However, I am constantly selling in my timeline posts and reels, but in a way that's like a little bit more subtle and like I would argue more Mm -hmm. effective. And kind of what that looks like is like selling tangible wins um, highlighting your clients' testimonials mm-hmm. on your timeline. Um, and I think, and then of course, like just selling slightly in terms of like, you should buy this is just like one sentence at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way the copy is written, it's really highlighting problem awareness and how I can like mm-hmm. provide the solution for them in a very simple way. But, you know, stories disappear after 24 hours. And so if you're never selling on your timeline feed, then essentially somebody who randomly just like finds you, mm-hmm. like they're not going to have any literal way maybe to buy from you in that moment. No, no. I I really think that setting up your messaging, and I will stand behind this, setting up your messaging in a way that you can subtly pitch your product, your service, an affiliate, whatever. Like I think we've we've geared this conversation d- towards service providers, but really this could be an influencer too. Listing your affiliate, listing this product that you're selling at the end of the caption saying if you're struggling with this, I love this product for the girls with oily skin. Like that's amazing. That's the best thing that you can do at the end of every caption instead of holding the product to your face, giving a fake smile. (laughs) We've all seen it. (laughs) Yeah. And then just simply asking them to comment below when what you really want is you want them to purchase. Yeah. Or you want them to like work with you, you know? And so I think that when we get to be intentional about our content and like ask ourselves, like, what do I really want this post to do? Mm -hmm. Um, Because if I really want to make money, from this post, um, then like I get to, to do that and I can, um, actually do that. And there's ways to do it. Like you said, where like the content and messaging, um, lead people there without being like an obnoxious advertisement. Mm -hmm. But I love selling in my feed the other day. I have a post I'm going to put out, you know, I don't know, whenever I like have time or feel like it in the next (laughs) couple of days. But I literally put out a post last week and someone sitting with a link for my high ticket coaching saw the post and purchased within minutes. And one piece of content made me like $9,000. Wow. 
Wow. So if, if I, in, in a matter of minutes, right. Cause I'm always speaking yeah. to my highest level of client and I'm always solving her problem. And if you're resisting selling in your content like that, you might really be costing yourself some money. And to think we're worried about getting 300 views on your reels instead of targeting that one person. Well, that's the thing though. That's the mindset thing, which is like, I don't care how many people are watching my stories. I don't look to be honest. Good for um, you. Wow. Unless you're like the um three people in the little faces below, like I don't really know you're doing <laughs> my story because my theory is like it's not how many people like if there's only 3 people watching, I feel confident that at least one of them is going to buy from me. <laughs> and that's what I really ultimately care about is not just making money but like people investing so that they can have the shift that I want them to have. So it's not necessarily about how many people. And I know, you know, this too, like I recently signed a client who has like 90,000 followers on Instagram. Um, and I don't know, I think I have like 2,500. I'm not sure. I, I don't check often, but it's around that number. Um, and she is making about one fourth of what I am making. Yep. Um, and so this lie of like numbers of followers equals cash. I think we have to like start calling this out for the lie that it is. I was, I was just talking to uh, my co-host Sonia about this in an episode that dropped this week um, because we were talking about how much she loves TikTokers that basically start with zero capacity to make money from their presence, like doing mm. something really weird and niche. And like, we were talking about these, this house of boys that basically buries themselves to the neck in sand and then lip syncs videos. And it was, it's very weird content. <laughs> I'll, send you this weird. Video. I'll send you this video after. It's very funny. But anyway, she was like, they have, they aren't going to make money from this. And I was like, but they want to. You're, you can't tell me that they don't want to make money from this. There's no way. Mm. And she was like, well, yeah, but that's – they started this because they like it and that's that. And mm. I think that's so unfortunate. Like I, that pushes my buttons. It is. I know. And I wonder though if they decided that the ultimate intention for them was money, how that might like shift things a little bit. Like right. they could decide it. Any- I don't know. I don't know their money situation. I have no idea if these boys are making money, but it's a, Probably it's a weird not. side of the internet. And I talked to it so many TikTokers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I talked to so many TikTokers that are like, I have literally a million followers and I make $0 and zero cents from I my mean, TikTok. That is the craziest thing. I know. I I'm obsessed with like the lady in the bathroom. She like dances to the most amazing. She, she is my spirit animal. Like she is me. <laughs> I am her. Who she does this? not who know I, me. Who can I call it's, out? Who can I shout out in the caption? The lady in the bathroom is like oh, her, that's her username. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but she's amazing. She brings me so much joy and I love her. She has a ton of followers on TikTok and Instagram. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, like she posted a video of her like in her nurse scrubs. And I'm like, wow, this woman is like working so hard um, as a nurse. And like here yeah. I am with like a measly 2K followers, like you know, literally working four hours a week, you know, making bank on my couch. Like I, I, it's just so interesting how like we believe that like this massive following is going to create somehow in the end massive money. Um, and I, it's just not true. 
Right. And then none of the actual effort is targeted towards money and nothing actually comes in from it. It's it's a weird it's a weird thing. It's a weird phenomena in this world. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. But I think it starts with the person being like, hey, I do want to make money from this. Yeah. Boom. Changes everything. <laughs> right. And I don't think there isn't the capacity for it because, you know, these boys that are under the sand, you know, maybe we're rocking hats. I don't know. Maybe we're eating while we're in the sand. I don't care. Maybe we're we're promoting Miller Lite. Like, who knows? There is a way to make money from it, I'm sure, if they decide they ultimately want to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they so deserve I, to, I think is the truth. They deserve to. Thank you. Thank you. This is my soapbox. I'm like, Sonia, I told you. <laughs> they, they, they deserve, deserve it. to make money. You know, if they want it, they deserve it. Um, but they, it has to start with them knowing that they both want it and deserve it. Yes. Okay. I have two other tangents for you. Number one being if you're a creator and you're struggling to put yourself out there, you are in that position, you're sweating with the numbers, you are struggling with your worth. What's your What's your biggest piece of advice? Take the time to invest in a little inner work of some kind. Mm. Um, and I mean, by invest, I don't mean money. I mean like time. <laughs> um, take 10 minutes a day to start investing in like the bank account of worth that doesn't have anything to do with how many people are following you or liking your stuff. Because at the end of the day, and this comes from someone, you know, I used to speak on stage in front of like thousands of people. I've read brutal reviews about myself, like mm -hmm. absolutely brutal reviews. But at the end of the day, I love myself no matter what people say. Mm -hmm. And that's not just a bumper sticker. Like, no, it doesn't feel right. good to feel like your content's not performing or people are saying negative things. It doesn't feel good. I'm not going to like fake the funk there. You want things to do well. But can you be okay if it doesn't? Mm -hmm. um, I think from a man, like a perspective of kind of like when we're so tightly tied to people like liking our stuff or following us or doing X, Y, and Z with our content, if we're so attached to it, it's a repulsive energy. Mm -hmm. um, it's that way in relationships. I mean, think about your like girlfriend or friend who's like literally so attached to her partner. She's got like a stranglehold on his every move right? That is not conducive to like that relationship going well. And so the same mm -hmm. thing is true with the relationship with money or the relationship with your Instagram and social media. How can you loosen the grip a little bit and like truly be okay with who you are if like shit flops? I love that analogy. I love the analogy to loosen the grip on your Instagram because I think it's so true and something that you've been, you know, screaming at us. Not, not really. <laughs> You're you're triggering us all here with the let go of let go of your hold. Like you do not need to worry about your numbers. There are so many rules, but you can do it your own way. Don't outsource your decision making and feel it. It has to feel right. It has to feel right. And you get to start deciding what like true success means according to you. Right? I mean, is it just about the numbers? Is it just about the followers? Is it right. just about the number in the bank account? Is that really who you desire to be? 
or is like true, actual, full success for you in your life, I usually find it's more than that. Um, And when you start to give yourself worth a point of view that isn't just external, um, then it becomes real. Um, And then as a consequence of that, you give a lot less fucks and you and things <laughs> go fucks. better. <laughs> Fewer fucks given, more success. There's like a direct correlation. But it starts with like you loving yourself, even if it flops, even if you have zero dollars in your bank account, even if you have zero followers tomorrow. I'm like, can it can you really like admit to yourself that actually you'll be okay? Mm-hmm. So do the inner work is my suggestion. Do the inner work to like really get there and have it be more than a bumper sticker. Do the hard work. Yeah. Trudge through that mud. So you mentioned this investment in your time, but what about your investment in your actual cash money? Because I think that's another thing that creators really struggle with. And I think it's very attached to, we see this influencer title And we're like, that's Mm -hmm. not a business. And this is all subconsciously us saying, Mm -hmm. you know, that's just society's telling me that influencers just take pretty pictures. I'm not a business. But you know what the flip side is? Businesses invest in themselves. Businesses need Mm -hmm. resources. Businesses need Mm -hmm. help to make everything move and scale and grow. So what's your advice for someone that's struggling to actually press by on Mm. On some help. Uh, I, I would ask them to think about the, the, the struggle that they're having with investing to think about how that feels in their body. And then I would remind them of the actual fact that how you feel about investing in your business is how people will feel about investing in you. So if you're hesitant to do it, do not be surprised if people never pay invoices and are always telling you that you charge too much. Mm -hmm. Um, I really believe, and I've seen this in my business, like as I've cleaned up when how I feel when I pay bills, pay invoices, when I pay them, how promptly I am to pay them. You know, I just don't have people like telling me I charge too much, not paying invoices. Mm-hmm. I don't have people defaulting on payments. Like like literally it's never happened, right? And I think that's because of like how I am, right? Like the circulation that I talk about, mm-hmm. it starts with you. Um, and so if you want people to more eat, and I'm not saying you have to, you know, pay a coach 10 K or anything like that. I'm not saying that, but like, mm-hmm. how can you invest in a way that feels good knowing that like that circulation is going to come back to you. Um, and if you never invest in your business and I've seen this, you know, even with like the large scale brands that I've worked with at some point, if you don't invest, quite honestly, your business will close. Is the truth, and you won't have a and you won't and you won't have a business. Quite honestly, it's not going to work out. <laughs> I mean, no, just truthfully, and this is like large scale global global brands. Like, if they're never investing truly in like good people and good mm-hmm. systems and in sales and marketing, it doesn't matter how many followers you have. And I'm saying this because I'm okay. I've literally seen brands with you know a nine million person email list wow. fail. Because they aren't doing just that. They're not investing in their people. So if it's just you and your business, that people is you. (laughs) Um, And if they're not investing in sales and marketing and they're not investing in systems that make running their business easier. Um, And so it might, you know, 
take five years, 10 years, but ultimately if you're not doing those things, like it's just, it's very unlikely um, you'll have a profitable business. Cheers to that. So before we wrap this up, can you give us like a little bit of visualization, something to help us gear our next steps for making more money, bringing in more abundance? Mm, Yes. Great question. So I was watching the Los Angeles Lakers game last night um, and the broadcaster started off by saying, and you get spiritual wisdom anywhere if you're listening. He literally (laughs) said like, it's raining here in SoCal and rain is the ultimate symbol of prosperity in the spiritual realm. And I was like, this is so deep, ESPN. So deep, ESPN. I'm here for it. Um, And so, yes, water is a spiritual symbol Mm -hmm. of wealth and prosperity, right? Mm -hmm. And so something that you can very easily do is to like close your eyes and you could do it now if you're listening, Um, but (laughs) to visualize um, almost like a lake, And whatever vision comes to you right away of like how much water sits in that lake right now, and then almost envision that there's like two channels of like water that would flow into this lake. And then just slowly beginning to visualize the water coming into your lake increasing. So the water flowing in is increasing, increasing, increasing. And then really start to give your lake scene some like attractive attributes. Like it's green, it's lush, there's trees, water's flowing, there's no struggle. And like before you know it, like you're really in this space of like opening up your channels for money to flow. Um, So any visualizations around like water, so good for receiving money in my experience. Interesting. I did not know that about the connection between money and water or prosperity and water. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, even like, you know, Mark Jones knows it on ESPN. So I'm telling you here. (laughs) Why don't I know it if the announcer on ESPN knows it? Another great thing I love to do is just I visualize like literally stacks of cash or gold bars like being delivered. Um, to my doorstep. That's another fun one. If you're not too into the water, like I visualize often like a Brinks truck, just like pulling up, like reversing into my driveway and just like delivering massive amounts of cash. And honestly, it's so fun. If nothing else, it's fun. Okay. I want to know to my listener, what does that feel like? Because I'm fighting against this, like, you know, it's weird or it's, I don't know selfish or like greedy or, you know, what comes up when you hear her say, imagine Mm. there are just gold bars being delivered to your house because that's probably something in your mind (laughs) that's keeping you back. It goes back to like the beginning when you're like, how do I know I have money stuff? Yeah. If that visualization makes you think like, oh no, you know, because it's interesting about money. It's like we're simultaneously like really denying that we desire it, but yet at the same time, constantly always wanting more. Yes. So yeah, I love it. I I just love that visualization. And if you don't, I think it's a good time to like, again, take 10 minutes and like write all your beliefs, fears, and opinions around money on paper. And um, if you do that visualization on a daily basis for 30 seconds, literally 30 seconds for a month. I guarantee you, you'll feel differently about it after 30 days. 
Wow. I love this. I'm so glad that I got to have you on the podcast to talk about all of this. So where can we find you? Where can we learn more? Tell us about, tell us more about this Simply Selling on Stories. Simply Selling on Stories. Well, you can find me on, on Stories, of course, on Instagram. It's just at Gabrielle Forleo, F-O-R-L-E-O. That's also my website, um, www.gabrielleforleo.com. All my courses, mini courses are on there. Um, but come hang out on my stories. Like let's have fun together. Let's enjoy our coffee in the morning, um, savoring what's going well in our lives. And occasionally, you know, you'll get to see simple selling, um, in action. I love it. Well, thank you so much. Thank you again. And to my listeners, if you love this episode, Or if you have any other guest suggestions, come hang out with me on Instagram. And of course, rate this podcast. It means the world to me. Any kind of reviews and ratings, it means a lot in this social media world. 